You're tuning in to another episode of Wildlife Wonders Podcast. Sit back and relax, because today we're going to learn animal facts. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Wildlife Wonders Podcast. Woo! I'm your host, the one, the only, Siriana. Back at it again with another episode, another week, another episode coming to you live on a Friday. Thank you once again, like always, for listening and tuning in, watching past episodes and going on the Instagram page and constantly liking and sharing the posts. Everything is appreciated. If you didn't already know, you can find us on Wildlife Wonders Podcast, all one word, Wildlife Wonders with an S podcast on Instagram. That is where you can find all updated content about any episode or any animal I talked about during the week. I put on fast facts on there, which is always fun about other animals and just funny videos about animals. So do follow on there. You can also find this podcast on anywhere you find your podcast. So Spotify, Apple Music, Google, you name it, you can find it. And it gets better because we're also on YouTube. Wildlife Wonders Podcast, all one word. That's where you can find us. So we're going to get right into it. We are still on the primates, but we have done a lemur. We have done a ape or an ape. Uh, we did the gibbon and we did the ii last week. So this time we are going to do a monkey. And the monkey that we're going to do, just to start off, um, quick reminder, monkeys do have tails. Um they're usually a lot smaller than apes, but we're going to talk about a big monkey in Asia this week. And it's a fun looking one that probably you have probably seen and didn't realize you saw it. So the monkey I'll be talking about this week is the proboscis monkey it is the monkey with a huge nose. I know you've seen it. I know at some point you've probably seen a funny video or a picture of it. It has a really big nose on his face. It's called the proboscis monkey, or it could be proboscis. I'm pretty sure it's proboscis monkey. So just to get along with it, it is among Asia's largest monkeys. It is found in Borneo, which you know what is also found in Borneo in Asia? The gibbons and also orangutan, some pretty cool primates out there. But you can usually find these guys in Borneo. And along with being in Borneo, they are an endemic species which they are only native to one space you will not find these primates um this specifically the proboscis monkey anywhere else except for borneo um or um i guess malaysia uh, malaysia borneo indonesia in that area they are usually close to swamps rivers and mangroves they are mostly arboreal so you're going to find them generally in the trees they will sometimes come down to get food, but for the most part, they stay on top of the trees. They come down also to get in the water, but we'll go over that a little later. So since they're in the trees, they are, well, this doesn't mean they have to be omnivores, but they are omnivores. These monkeys love unripe fruits, leaves, seeds, and sometimes even insects. Not very common, but the main part, um, I guess you could call them fruitivores and fallivores, they're mostly Followers, which means they eat on foliage, which means they eat on leaves. Uh, they have very specialized stomachs that allows them to do this. 
because they rely on symbiotic bacteria to help digest the leaves through fermentation. So basically they got some fancy things inside their stomach that helps them break down leaves, unlike a lot of other primates. So you will often see them eat stuff that other primates will not eat because their stomachs cannot handle it. That being said, they also have a chambered stomach, kind of like um, sheeps or goats or, um, no, I don't know, I'm not necessarily sure on the goats, like sheeps, cows are ruminants. These are not ruminants, but they have a chamber stomach. So it's multiple different stomachs or different sections of their stomach that the food has to go through. Being that their um, their stomachs are so particular, they also can't eat certain stuff because it'll make them sick. So that is very interesting, not very common in primates. Now, I did say they are among Asia's largest monkeys. So what? how big are they exactly? What makes them so much bigger than the other ones? They can get up to 50 pounds. Now, with this monkey species specifically, they do have sexual dimorphism. That means that the males are different than the females. In this case, the males are usually bigger. They can get up to 50 pounds. Um, the males are typically, uh, males are the only ones with the nose, the pendulous nose. It looks like a big pendulum. The males are the only one with these nose. You're not going to see a female or an infant with a big nose. Their noses sometimes can grow past their chins. I think somewhere it said as big as, I want to say 10 inches long. Um, along with that, they also have an average height around 24 to 28 inches. Now, because there's sexual dimorphisms, the women are usually half of the size of the male. So if the male is like 24 to 20 inches, 50 pounds, the woman's about half of that. They do have their tails are actually almost the same length as their body. So that's pretty cool. It's not an uneven structure. Uh, and what am I missing from this? Their fur, sorry. And a little glitch moment. Their fur is typically brownish tan. Now they do have more of a reddish fur near their necks and their heads and a little more of a gray fur, I believe, around their arms, legs, and tails. When the babies are born, the babies are actually black with blue faces. So look nothing like the adults. The males and the females pretty much have the same coloration. Of course, they vary a little more. And they do have like pale parts like their face is pale. I think around their bottom is a little bit pale. Um, so they're very unique in coloration. And especially the young, the young's nose is actually turned upwards versus like having a big swinging nose like the big males. So if you see a baby proboscis uh, monkey, it looks nothing like the adult. So you might not even know right away unless they're together, but they look nothing like the adults. Now, to go more into this is how they look. And I talk about the males, the females and the kids. We're going to go into their behavior and how this big nose of theirs is swinging in front of their face. Um, I'm pretty sure a couple of times a day it hits them in the face, how it plays a role in their behavior. And what are they like? Like they're these big monkeys that sit in trees. What do they do all day? What are they into? Well, ladies and gentlemen, they live in harem groups, which means there's one male when there's an official group, there's one male and multiple females. And multiple offspring because they that one male is for all that one male has to satisfy all those females. So you can have anywhere I read from three to 20 ish members in their harem group because you got to think for every female, they might have one, two, three plus kids and they all stay together. 
Now, females can lead the group to kind of prevent inbreeding or breeding amongst their um, kids and stuff like that. So females can lead the group. I guess also they don't get interested. Males, um, there's only one dominant male per group. Usually when a male matures out of, when a male matures out of its baby phases and is ready to go on their own, they get in an all-male group until they find their group. So other than that, they get along pretty well. They do participate in grooming. The males do not groom. They say they're, that is not their job. The females will groom each other and they'll groom the offspring, but the males do not participate in grooming. Um, I guess they said they'd rather be groomed, but they're not going to do it. Then at night, they usually come together to sleep at night near the water. These primates or these monkeys are very 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 good swimmers they love to swim they stay by the water they travel a lot through the water they are such amazing swimmers they have sort of a web feet and hands and sometimes just for fun they do belly flops from the branches into the water they love the water they're they're great at it and i guess they said why not so you'll see them occasionally maybe i'll post a video of that of them jumping from the branches and diving into the water they also use several forms of communication when speaking between groups. They do see other groups. They overlap sometimes in their other groups and territories sometimes. But they use something called honking, which why their big nose comes in handy. They are able to honk uh, with it like a like a honk like that. <laughs> and then they also can do alarm calls, threat calls. The females do their own calls. The infants do their own calls. And it's not all bad. They also use their big noses for mating. They make a certain sound and say, female, like, hey, I got the big nose. Come see me. And yeah, then the female come over there. Sometimes the females will fight over the males. Um, and I don't know if it's like whoever has the better honking sound or whoever has the like bigger nose. Like, oh, you got a big nose. Like, let me come over there. I don't know exactly how that part works, but that's one reason they use their nose. So since I've already touched on mating, we're going to go right into mating. And like I said before, there's one male with multiple females. The females can have babies any time of the year. Uh, I guess whenever they're ready and whenever the male is like, hey, I pick you today. When they do get pregnant, they have a gestation period, which means they hold the baby for around five to six months. When it is time to have the baby, they usually only have one baby. It's not common that they have more than one baby at a time. I'm not really sure the time gap in between uh, when they have to wait or um, what's the word I'm looking for when how long the child stays in the nest before they can have another kid or until they're weaned. But yeah, they usually have one child at a time and the loud honking noises, the, like I said before, the males can leave. I don't think the, female ever not not the female i don't believe the male ever leaves his group but the female can leave and males can make their own group so once the offspring are ready to go they can go with their male group and say we're the best we're teenage boys until they find their tribe and they become a family so it's really like it's like a poly um not poly polygamy polygamous relationship now, they do have predators. They're pretty big. They do stay mostly in the trees. Even at night when they sleep near the water, they're still typically typically high enough for predators not to get them. But they do have predators, such as jaguars, such as crocodiles, because they are in the water. They do go in the water. They're near the water. So, hey, it makes sense. 
And our usual predator that we say almost every episode, humans, although humans are not the main issue, I guess. Um, They do play a factor like always, but the main reason that humans are predators is because regular deforestation. If you did not know, a lot of animals in Borneo um, and Malaysia, Indonesia are actually endangered and a lot of them because of deforestation. Palm oil is another thing that um, a lot of people are tearing down trees and properties for, or not trees, uh, properties, but trees and land for is to harvest palm palm oil for a lot of the everyday products we use. So if you don't know about that, maybe I'll do an episode on the palm oil and why it's bad and how it affects animals, but also you can look it up. So um, that is a reason, a main reason why a lot of deforestation happens specifically in Borneo and Indonesia. I'm not sure that's the only, I'm sure that's not the only reason, but that is part of it. Also on top of that, we have, um, there are some locals that see proboscis monkeys as a delicacy. So they eat them or use them for medicinal properties. I'm not sure. I still to this day don't know how that works when you're killing the monkeys. What is the medicinal part of it? Is it like the blood, the skin, like how, or is it just like the idea that if you eat it, then it'll be, you'll be better. I'm not really sure. I'm also, if I had to assume the reason why they're being caught for delicacy, I would say it's because their noses. That's the only thing that like, to me stands out right away that that might be a delicacy. Like, oh, here's a proboscis nose. Um, but yeah, like, I'm not really sure, but they're also sometimes seen as a delicacy so that's the reason why they're killed there their lifespan is typically 30 to 13 to 20 years uh of course there's factors to this like any animal whether they have a food supply whether they're not facing deforestation or being caught and just ideal living conditions will allow them to live longer Another thing that can kill them early on or be fatal is certain foods since they have such a complex stomach. If they have a food that builds up too, um, has too high of a bacterial load, I believe too high of like um, causes too much fermentation, it can kill them very quickly. So I don't know how they teach babies that early on, if they like handle the food or if the babies just have to figure out it's like a 50-50 red-blue kind of thing. And then like either you die or you don't, who knows? But that is kind of the other reason that could lead to their death. But other than that, they have ideal conditions. They can live 13 to 20 years. Now, like I said before, a lot of animals in Borneo are endangered. So that being said, um, they are endangered like many other animals in Borneo, but they are protected from being hunted and captured. How many people listen to that? I don't know, but the protection and um, the rule, I'm not sure if it's a rule or a law, is there to protect them from that happening or to decrease the amount of times that happens. So we are at the end of the episode. I know this was quick. Um, I feel like I still said so much in a quick amount of time, but I'm going to run these fast facts, these fun facts. I said fast. Well, they're fast and fun facts by you. Uh, favorite part of the episode for me, I love sharing everything about the animal but also i love doing little unique facts so here they are the first one is they are called bakantan bikantan don't know which one but it's pronounced not pronounced it's spelled b-e-k-a-n-t-a-n they that's their name in indonesia they're also called long-nosed monkeys which makes sense if their nose is hanging below their chin why you're going to automatically call them a long-nosed monkey 
that's the fact number one. I don't know if the Bikintan, Bikantan means anything special or it's a history behind it, but yeah. Number two, they can walk upright in water. Like I said, they're amazing swimmers. They love the water, but they are bipedal in water, which means they walk on their two feet to get to the water and get to the other side. They say they're waiting in the water. Okay. They love the water. Over here. That was creepy. I don't know. I just picked up the word. Um, and then number three, they have nine stomachs. This is the most amount of stomachs from any primate, I believe. It is not common for an animal to have that many stomachs. Their stomachs, like I said before, are very, very specialized. They have nine stomachs to kind of go through um, what they're, I guess, what can be broken down and what can't in the whole helpful bacteria to break down all the food and leaves, even the stuff that might be a little more toxic to us and other animals. But yeah, they have nine stomachs. So go tell a friend to tell a friend that if they didn't know a proboscis monkey has nine stomachs, okay? That is all. That is all I have for you today. I hope you enjoyed all the facts that I brought you about another primate. I believe we have one more primate group to go through. But I will be throwing some other animal facts or other animals in there for people that maybe don't like primates and want to take a break from primates. We'll be doing that soon as well. Thank you once again for listening and tuning in to another week. I am glad y'all are here and supporting this journey and hopefully learning something from this um, or teaching someone else if you're not learning someone for something from this. So until next time, bye.